0: Welcome to From Realms of Glory, a Christmas audio series tracing promises about the coming of the Messiah until his arrival in Bethlehem of Judea. I'm Dr. J.J. Routley, Professor of Bible and Theology at Emmaus Bible College in Dubuque, Iowa. It's December 18th, just one short week today from Christmas. Today we turn from the ancient texts of the Old Testament to the Gospels of the New Testament. In our last episode, we saw the angel Gabriel appearing to Daniel the prophet in Babylon to give him insight into the future for his people, Israel. In our message today, 500 years have passed, 500 years of relative silence from heaven, without an authoritative pronouncement from God after the time of the final prophets of Israel, Haggai, Zechariah, and Malachi. When God does send a message again, he sends it to an unlikely recipient, young Mary of Nazareth in Galilee. Let me give you the Cliff Notes version of Israel's history from the Judean captivity until the turn of the millennia. Through Jeremiah, Ezekiel, Daniel, and others, God prophesied the return of Israel from its captivity to Jerusalem And that is exactly what happened. The Persians conquered the Babylonians and allowed the Judeans to return to their home and rebuild their temple. But the Jews were no longer independent rulers. They had a governor, but no king. And though their prophets called them back to worship of the Lord, the people were largely uninterested in spiritual things, as attested to by the final prophets of Old Testament history. Time passed and the control of Israel changed hands from Persia to Greece under Alexander the Great's conquests. And after Alexander, the land of Israel was controlled first by Egypt and the Ptolemies, and then by Anatolia and the Seleucids. For a time, there was a relative independent rule during the Hasmonean dynasties, but eventually the Romans took over control of the land of Israel and established their own governors in the land. Herod the Great, an Idumean ruler, half Jew and half Edomite, was given control of the territories of Judea and Galilee and Samaria and used his authority to remodel and reconstruct and Hellenize the land of Israel to make it look more like Greek and Roman society. This remodeling extended even to the Temple Mount and the temple itself. So the nation was ruled by Rome through an illegitimate ruler, and the people longed for a return to the glory days of the Davidic kingdom. It was the perfect time, from a political perspective, for God to send the Messiah. Spiritually, the leaders of the Jews had added their own traditions to the law given through Moses, heaping unnecessary burdens on the heads of the Jewish people. The people were in bondage to their sin, and needed deliverance from sin's oppression in their lives and in their hearts. It was at this point that God sent the angel Gabriel once again to Mary of Nazareth in Galilee to make a shocking announcement. The time for Messiah's birth had come. Listen to Luke chapter 1 verses 26 through 33. Now in the 6th month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city in Galilee called Nazareth, to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the descendants of David, and the virgin's name Was Mary. And in coming, he said to her, Hail, favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at this statement, and kept pondering what kind of salutation this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son. And you shall name him Jesus. He will be great, and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And his kingdom will have no end. You can practically feel the excitement of the author in this passage, as Luke would have penned the words here. Gabriel, who has just recently appeared to Zechariah in Luke's gospel to foretell of the coming of John the Baptist, the forerunner of Christ, now appears to Mary, who Luke is quite clear, is still a virgin at this point. Jesus is not the product of a normal human marital union. Gabriel addresses Mary as a favored one, telling her the Lord is with her. Upon Mary's bewilderment and fear, the angel then tells her not to be afraid, for the Lord has decided to set his love upon her. There was nothing in Mary, contrary to what some teach today, that would qualify her for this special service to God, but out of his good pleasure, God chose her to be the mother of the Messiah. She found favor with God, Not because she was so good or favorable, but because God in his sovereignty was pleased to use Mary for this purpose. Gabriel tells her that she will conceive, she will bear a son, echoes of Isaiah 7, 9, and 11 abound here, and that his name would be Jesus. Jesus is an Aramaic form of the Hebrew Joshua, meaning the Lord is salvation. Then Gabriel reveals that this Jesus would be great, called the Son of the Most High, and would possess and reign over the throne of David in an everlasting kingdom. It's almost as if Gabriel quotes from passages like Isaiah 9, 6 through 7. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God. Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of His government and of peace there will be no end, and on the throne of David and over His kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. The coming of Christ as portrayed in Luke's Gospel is the fulfillment of the promises that were made to Eve, to Abraham, and to David. The angel Gabriel left no uncertainty about who this child would be. He was to be the Messiah, the long-awaited ruler of Israel. Mary responds in wonder and amazement, asking, How can this be? Gabriel says to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. Notice that each of the divine persons of the Trinity are at work here in the coming of Christ. The Holy Spirit comes upon Mary, and the Most High, God the Father, overshadows Mary as the eternal Son of God becomes incarnate in her womb. The images conveyed here are that of indwelling and empowerment and protection. Mary's response to Gabriel's message from God is that of willful, joyful reception. Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. In verse 38, In Mary God chose an unlikely and even insignificant Galilean by the world's standards to become the mother of the Messiah. Truly he uses the weak things of this world to shame the strong and the things that are not to nullify the things that are. Thank you for joining us for this episode of From Realms of Glory, a Christmas podcast. For more information about Emmaus Bible College, please visit emmaus.edu. Don't forget to leave us a strong review wherever you listen to podcasts and share the podcast with friends and family members. Tomorrow, we'll look at the angel's announcement of the birth of Christ to his human father, Joseph.